Ready to break up with your bullshit? I mean, all those excuses that are keeping you stuck. Because you have one life to live. And if you're not having fun yet, then that's a problem, dude. Welcome to Goals, Grit, and Some Woo-Woo Shit. The podcast where you learn about the habits of kicking ass at life. Whether you want to get ripped, get rich, or just get high on life, this is the place to be. Here's your host, best-selling author and feel-good expert, Una Duncan. So the other day, my client posted a picture of herself in a sports bra and shorts, and beside it, she posted a picture of a fitness model in basically the same outfit. So my client's fit woman, probably in her mid-40s, pear-shaped body, but not carrying a lot of extra fat at all. The fitness model is, I don't know, probably younger, you can't see her face, tanned to an inch of her life, and she is ripped like really defined arms and deep grooves in her abs. You can totally count her six pack. And my client posted this. So this very hot photo on the right keeps popping up in my feed month after month. Una, just out of curiosity, how long would I have to do my healthy habits to look like that? And dude, I, I panicked a little bit when I saw this <laughs> because the truth is that following her healthy habits would never lead to that outcome. That would be like asking, how long would I have to be a runner in order to qualify for the Olympics? Like, like, although I assume that Olympians probably started out as recreational runners, that doesn't mean that sustained recreational running alone would ever lead to that extreme outcome. There is a difference between losing weight, getting fit, and getting ripped. And one will not always lead to the other. And that's what I want to talk about in this episode. It kind of reminded me of when I was like 12 years old, I was at a sleepover at a friend's house and we found someone's dad's Playboy magazines. Now, I don't know how long it's been since you looked at a Playboy magazine, but I remember we pulled out the centerfold and there's of course this like gorgeous buxom woman and there's also a section where the centerfold model has filled out a form to tell people about herself. Name. Tracy with a heart over the eye. I actually remember looking at her 80s bubble letter handwriting and thinking, okay, note to self, cultivate cuter handwriting. And then it goes, birth date. And I remember doing the math and thinking, okay, she's 19 years old. So seven years older than me. And I was like, okay, great. We're just going to let puberty do its thing. And in seven years, I'm going to look like Tracy. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. And now... Beautiful listener, I hate to disappoint you, but my 19th birthday came and went, and I did not blossom into Tracy. The path from me at 12 to Tracy at 19 was not just a matter of putting in the time and the puberty. So, is my client dumb for asking when she's going to turn into a fitness model? Not at all, because this is the way fitness is marketed. We see ads for some workout program, and the image on the cover is of rippling abs. And we think, okay, well, clearly, this is the product that delivers rippling abs. As consumers, we are led to believe that the picture on the box is what the product provides. There's actually a really famous marketing story about this. I'm going to quote the Harvard Business Review from 1984 for you. Are you ready for this? Okay. A large multinational corporation once attempted to sell baby food in an African nation by using packaging designed for its home country market. 
the company's regular label showed a picture of a baby with a caption describing the kind of baby food contained in the jar. African consumers took one look at the product, however, and were horrified. They interpreted the labels to mean that the jars contained ground-up babies. <laughs> Now, I had heard this story so many times, so I looked it up. And guess what? It is total bullshit. <laughs> By the way, if you were ever wondering whether an internet rumor or an urban legend is true, check it out on Snopes.com. It's S-N-O-P-E-S.com. That site will not only verify or discredit the story, but it will also tell you when and how this rumor originated and what it says about our society that this story persists. If you've ever wondered what really happened between Richard Gere and that gerbil, this is the place to go. So I'm not going to get into the obvious racism of the Africa baby food story, but instead just get into the underlying fact that we as consumers expect the images on the box to represent the products inside. I mean, on some level, I think we're savvy enough to understand that eating Wheaties cereal won't turn us into the athlete on the box. But to be honest, I think when it comes to fitness and maybe even just beauty in general, We are so much more vulnerable to believing that the image is the promise of the outcome we are going to get if we consume that product. If I buy this mascara, my lashes are going to look like that. If I buy this workout program, my abs are going to look like that. When the reality is, that workout program with the abs on the cover, it probably does definitely include some ab exercises which might train and strengthen the abdominal muscles but it will have zero effect on the fat surrounding those muscles. So in order to get those rippling ab torso, you would need to do those exercises and eat at a caloric deficit for like a really long time. Because just as an aside, no exercise will ever get rid of fat from a particular part of your body. I want you to hear me on this, okay? Anytime you see an ad that says something like, do these exercises to get rid of your lower belly pooch, or uh, try this workout at home to tone your arms, dude, that is all total bullshit. It is clickbait. Don't fall for it. The exercises totally might train the muscles in those areas, but you can't target fat in any particular area. To lose fat on your arms or your belly or whatever, you need to lose fat overall through a caloric deficit, which is best achieved through nutrition. But you can't choose where the fat comes off. No exercise program can do that. Where the fat comes off when you lose weight will largely be determined by your genetics. And in women, the most common pattern to see fat loss is from the top down. Your face gets a little less puffy first, then you notice your boobs are smaller. Ladies, right? You've experienced this, right? So just to repeat, no exercise will spot reduce fat. So really, when you see that workout program making promises of rippling abs, it would be more accurate to say something like part of a complete torso transformation. You know how breakfast cereal ads legally have to say part of a complete breakfast because they can't claim that a big bowl of sugary carbs is ever going to meet your nutritional needs. Oh, and by the way, I don't fault advertisers for using those images. I mean, if you're selling a program that includes core training, I think it's fair enough to use an image of ripped abs to represent that. I also know, as someone who has been advertising fitness products and services for years now, As much as people say that they hate cheesy stock photos or, oh, I don't even see those. I'm immune to those cheesy stock photos. 
I'm here to tell you that cheesy stock photos of young white people with visible abs gets more clicks than anything else. Actually, except in my case, weirdly in my case, the image that has far outperformed any other marketing image I've ever put out there is an image of me cutting up lemons in my kitchen. It's like not even a good quality photo. It's actually a screenshot from a video. I'm not even looking at the camera, but there's that image has been running for five years now because no matter how many times I split test different creative, that is the one that gets the most clicks. My theory about this is that it's because it's kind of a shitty picture and it's blurry enough, people think that it's a friend of theirs. In fact, a lot of the comments on the ad are like people tagging a friend and saying, hey, I thought this girl was you. Anyway, point being, I don't fault people for using the ab photos, but I did have a little moment of panic when my client asked how long she would have to do her healthy habits in order to match the hot ab photo in her feed. I thought, oh shit, did I misrepresent this program? That, that is not what we're doing here. So I want to explain the difference between one, losing fat, two, getting fit and healthy, and three, getting ripped. Hey, if you're liking this episode and you want to make sure you don't miss the next one, you can sign up at unaduncan.com slash podcast, and I'll be sure to keep you in the loop. Okay, back to the podcast. The process for these three outcomes is totally different. So let's start with pure fat loss. In order to do that, you just need to be at a caloric deficit. And that's actually fairly simple if that's your one intention. You can pretty much apply any fad diet du jour and it will trigger this response. You could fast. You could do keto. You could do the cabbage soup diet. Whatever. It's really just about living on as few calories as possible. You could eat a whole bunch of highly processed, zero to low calorie foods like diet soda or baked goods with artificial sweeteners, but they're only one Weight Watchers point, right? This approach obviously doesn't make you feel that good, but most of us have at least tried some version of this because those initial fat loss results can be really exciting. So, and if you ever have tried a version of this, you've also realized that our bodies hate being in an extreme caloric deficit, so it's really hard to stick to. So most people will quit and then overcompensate and then end up back where they started or worse. Also, if you were purely looking for fat loss, you probably wouldn't exercise. If you're at an extreme caloric deficit, you probably wouldn't have the energy and pushing it would trigger your ghrelin hormone, the one that makes you hungry. And the research shows that exercising to burn calories is really not an effective way to lose weight. So if you were just interested in fat loss, exercise would not be part of your plan. So let's shift to a fitness and wellness objective because exercise is almost essential for maintaining a weight loss. Oh, and like living longer and relieving stress and improving your mood and all sorts of other good things. But even if fat loss is your primary goal, at some point you probably will want to shift to from the pure fat loss approach to a fitness and getting healthy approach, which like I said, is pretty different. A fitness wellness approach would be way less focused on calorie quantity. It would be way more focused on calorie quality, like getting the maximum amount of nutrients for a reasonable amount of calories. And if you were previously over consuming calories, this would totally result in some weight loss. If you weren't, it wouldn't. Because with a wellness approach, you're not just looking for endless weight loss. That's actually called disappearing. <laughs> you're looking for balance. And I mean balance in all the ways. I mean balancing your macronutrients, not 
eliminating carbs, for example. It means adding some exercise because obviously it's not great to lose weight, but it's essential to maintain a healthy body composition, especially as you get older. And even within your exercise, you'd be balancing strength and cardio and flexibility. And you'd be balanced in your life. Like your physical fitness would be an important part of your life, but certainly not like this all-consuming occupation that usurps your work and your relationships. That is getting ripped. So let's talk about getting ripped. People on the cover of magazines, people who have the abs that are on the products that we buy for to get those abs, <laughs> they have a job and their job is to look like that. Like any job, it takes a lot of time and effort and development of very specific skills. So one of those skills would be tracking your food to hit extremely specific calorie and macro targets. And hitting those targets would probably take priority over, for example, taste or variety or socializing or even whole foods. You would probably have to take a lot of supplements. Your meals might be rice, chicken, broccoli, no condiments for like, and then three protein shakes a day for like most days of the week. You'd also probably be putting in about two hours a day of training. First, you'd be spending those building maximum muscle in a caloric surplus, during which you'd probably also add a little bit of fat, and then adding in really long bouts of cardio and gradually reducing your calories as you go into your shred. So that whole process will probably take about 18 months. And by the way, the people you see on the cover of magazines, they've probably done that cycle like for many years. And then also, just before your photo shoot, you would start to dehydrate. First, you'd consume a ton of water about three days out, and then you'd start cutting water down to almost nothing the day of the shoot, except for dandelion tea, because that makes you pee. Okay? You'd also be doing something similar with carbs. You'd completely deplete your body of glycogen a few days before, and then you'd start, um, on the day of, you'd eat something like donuts or something high glycemic right before the you know, doing your photo shoot or stepping on stage. And that really plumps up the muscles. One article I read about this process, it was a guy who said he built muscle for 12 months and then he dieted hard for 12 weeks. And then he did his pre-shoot prep with the water and the glycogen depletion for three days. And he had five hours where he had a super cut look. And the next day when he ate normally, a lot of that definition was gone. So, I want to point out the obvious here about getting ripped. This is a ton of work. In my book, I talk about the effort to results ratio. So I want you to listen carefully here. You can either decide on the effort that you want to give, and then you make your peace with the body that is the result of that level of effort. Or you can decide on the body that you want, and then you've got to make your peace with the level of effort that gives you that body. Both options are totally fine. It's the peace part that matters. And for most people, the effort required to get ripped is just not worth it. Because it doesn't take actually that much effort to lose weight. You just have to eat fewer calories. Now, I know that's sometimes easier said than done, but in theory, the execution is not complex. You actually have to do less. You have to eat less. Getting healthy and fit is a little bit more complicated. You need to experiment and find the balance that works for you and it's sustainable. You have to invest a little bit of time in exercising, probably cooking whole foods, right? But for most people, the longer lasting results are totally worth the extra effort. 
And for some people, it's totally worth the exponential effort to look like a magazine cover. Oh, and just as an aside, your effort to results ratio is not going to be the same as anyone else's. You know how sometimes you might read a magazine and it will say something like, um, exactly how Britney lost the baby weight or whatever. I don't even know if Britney Spears has children, but I'm guessing if she did, I swear to God that ad was summer. <laughs> And it will show that Brittany eats oatmeal for breakfast and then, you know, chicken Caesar for lunch or whatever else. And then she runs five miles a day and she does a hundred crunches. I actually do remember reading an article once that in the nineties that said Brittany does a hundred crunches a day. Well, listen, you could follow Brittany's exact plan, but that doesn't mean that your results are going to look like Brittany's because you're different people. People are always shocked at the diversity of results in, for example, my 28 day program where theoretically everyone should be doing the exact same workouts and eating the exact same menu. The average weight loss is 12 pounds in the 28 days, but some people come in really lean and they gain weight. And one dude once lost 40 pounds in the month because it was kind of his first time ever eating a vegetable, right? Expecting to have the same results as someone else because you're following the same plan or giving the same amount of effort is as naive as me thinking I would look like Tracy just because we both went through puberty. Okay, but back to our fitness model friend and the work that he put in to have those ripped abs for five hours for the magazine cover. I'm sure it's also occurred to you when you heard that whole process that most of the getting ripped process is not particularly healthy. And I'm not saying that to vilify people who do that process, by the way. I'll be really clear about this. There are lots of things that we glorify as awesome accomplishments that aren't particularly healthy. I don't think running marathons is particularly healthy. Climbing mountains is not particularly healthy. Staying up all night to go clubbing with your friends is not particularly healthy. But that doesn't mean that those things aren't worth doing. That doesn't mean that those things aren't awesome. <laughs> and you want to push yourself and your body to do something freaking hard and get the pictures to prove it, even if they only lasted for five hours, don't let anyone tell you, oh my God, that's so unhealthy. Fuck them. It's your life, your body, and you should strive for things that light you up. Also, being a wellness purist and accusing other people of being unhealthy is weird and elitist and generally really douchey. And that goes for, by the way, if you were judging them for being too fat or too lean. I always remember a few years ago, one of my clients, and don't judge this person because she's such a lovely person. She was just really excited about her new habits and she's feeling so good. And she told the story that she was in the shopping mall and she saw a woman who was obese and the woman was eating an ice cream cone in the food court. And my client said something to the effect of wanting to shout at her to stop doing that. She should be making more healthy choices. And although I really do appreciate my client's newfound zeal for wellness, I had to tell her that she actually has no fucking clue about the health status of that woman. That woman could have been having her first ice cream of the day when she used to have three. Maybe that woman was eating her first ice cream in a decade to comfort herself because her mom just died. Maybe that woman actually has really healthy habits and she's on medication that made her gain weight. And this was uh, her special treat. Who knows? My point is, you can't tell shit about someone's health status or their health habits by looking at them. 
I mean, maybe that woman that my client saw as obese is actually an Olympic weightlifter. Have you ever noticed those people who have, you know, the Olympic event where they go in and they just lift one big heavy thing and they're done? Those athletes are not usually very lean and they are literally the strongest people in the world. And yet the image that we have of strength, the image that we buy strength training products on is of people who are super lean, probably really dehydrated, and probably really weak from lack of carbs at the moment that those super hot photos were taken. So here's what I want you to get from this podcast. One, there is a difference between losing weight, getting fit, and getting ripped. The quintessential image that we have in our heads of what healthy looks like, the cut abs, that's actually not anything to do with fitness or healthy habits or strength. That's getting ripped, which is a totally different project. Two, if you want that ripped look, that's great. But you need to understand that this is not a health undertaking, which is totally okay. And that it's freaking hard, like kind of a full-time job. Three, people who are ripped are not necessarily doing healthy things. And people who have a lot of body fat are not necessarily doing unhealthy things. You really can't judge a book by its cover. And I'm talking both by looking at other people's bodies and in looking at the images used to sell fitness products. So one, don't judge other people's bodies or behavior, duh. And two, if you want to buy a fitness product or a program and you want to get past all that ripped marketing and know what you can reasonably expect as an outcome, the best thing to do would be to check independently posted reviews. So don't go to the website because those are obviously cherry picked results, but check on Trustpilot or if it's a smaller company like mine, the Facebook page, right? If it's a local company, probably Facebook page, or even if they're a larger company, you could check Reddit forums. And hopefully there you will find enough information that includes enough diversity of people that will let you know whether or not this particular program will help you achieve the outcome that you want, whether that's looking like the hot fitness photo on your feed or not. Hey dude, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure you're subscribed so you can get the next one. And by the way, if you rate and review this podcast, it really helps me get found by other people who need some goals, grit, and some woo-woo shit. And be sure to connect and DM me at Una Duncan on Instagram and let me know what you thought of the episode. Chat soon.